0: Hello and welcome back to the Bottom Bins Extra. This is the last installment of our transfer special and boy do we have a special episode for you today. It's our deadline day deal coverage. So today currently is uh, Wednesday. Deadline day has just happened there yesterday so we were very eager, stayed up last night until um, the, the 11 o'clock deadline watching Sky Sports News, watching the deals come in as they happened keeping monitor and Twitter, looking up for Brizio Romano um, mm-hmm. flat out, trying to just refresh and see what deals were happening. So we <coughs> there's some very exciting deals to cover today. Definitely one of the busiest deadline days in a while, hasn't it, Ben Owen?
1: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. A, a lot of big transfers here that have went through, including the biggest transfer in British history. Yeah. Enzo Fernandez has went to Chelsea for £105 million. Crazy. <sighs> madness. That big money. Absolute madness. I guess as a player who signed... For Benfica from River Plate for ten million pounds, um, in the summer. Yeah, yeah. He's had a good World Cup, and all of a sudden, he's now a one hundred and five million pound player. Yeah, yeah. Um, look, it's good business for for Benfica, of course, and it's it's turned out to be a brilliant bit of business for River Plate. They had a twenty five percent sell on clause, so they've ended up getting over forty million pound from that Fair from play. that transfer.
0: Fair play to them. Um,
1: but yes, Richie, tell me what. Enzo Fernandez is going to do to Chelsea, if anything. Um. Well, look. Obviously,
0: the the Chelsea's midfield did need addressing. Um, we're going to cover another transfer later in the episode. They've just lost a midfielder. Um, I'll not go too much into it just yet. But, um, you know, you lose a midfielder. Um, you you got to get bodies in through the door. And you know, Chelsea at the minute their their <coughs> midfield is probably the most lackluster thing about their side. Um, they don't offer any creativity. Um, their track and runs have not been great. Just their their overall distance covered it isn't it isn't what a Graham Potter side looks like. Um, Enzo Fernandez is going to add energy, bundles of it. He's a great box-to-box midfielder, um, a very great young prospect, great with passing the ball, great at taking a man on. Um, we all seen um, that wonderful goal that he scored at the World Cup, so he, he does have that kind of thing in his locker. Um, has been one of the most monitored prospects in Europe now for, for quite a while. Obviously, a lot of clubs were keeping tabs on him at River Plate. Um, and he made the move to Benfica. It's been a relatively good, sort of, you know, six month period there at Benfica. He's definitely impacted their side. And I, the only thing I would say about this transfer is I love it. I love the player. Um, he is definitely somebody I, I would have loved to have seen at Man United. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think Chelsea have got themselves a real good young player on their hands here. I think he's going to come in and be an instant success, to be honest. Mm-hmm. However, it's just a lot of money mm. on a player who is so raw and that's the, like they've spent 80 million on Mudrick and now 105 million on, on Enzo mm-hmm. and these two players are not the cult, are not culture players yet they they still require a lot of coaching mm-hmm. and with the way that Chelsea are playing at the minute is the coaching heading in the right direction mm. um, to suit these players I'm just not quite sure but one thing I'll say about Enzo Fernandez is he's definitely a top quality player and he adds quality to Chelsea side
1: mm-hmm. no I we'll completely agree uh, look, Chelsea were going to spend a lot of money in this transfer window. It was it was evident from the from the beginning of the window with all the players they were being linked to. Um, but Dorman they've spent one hundred and five million pound now on Enzo Fernandez. Um, yeah. They were talking about perhaps putting in a ninety million pound bid for Moises Casado. So they were always looking for that high quality midfielder at a high price. Yeah. Um, look, if Enzo Fernandez had a state up in Fika it was almost certain he was going to leave this summer anyway to a big club. Uh, they've tied him down to a contract till twenty thirty one. What do you make of the business for Anzo Fernandes?
2: Um Again, I agree with uh, Richie. It is a crazy price, but I feel like Chelsea had to make that sign because they needed a bit more energy in midfield. We've seen what he did for that Argentina team when he came into that side. Um, with Chelsea, I think it was smart enough business in a way because I think in the summer, there would have been a lot more teams Aye, after, after him. Yeah. You know, I think even United, Man United would have been after him. Um, but yeah, it just brings energy and basically... That's what Chelsea needed at the minute because in that midfield they are lacking that big time. I think Canté is a big miss for them but um, yeah, with the Casado one they were after him too. There was talk even they were going to go for both which would have been mm-hmm. crazy but with Chelsea as well they're being smart the way they're dealing with it, the contracts because then it, the money gets spread out mm-hmm. smart enough but uh, yeah they needed the signing. We were saying they're buying all these centre-backs they're buying all these wingers they need, need a midfielder who's going to Get the ball, take the ball, bring energy. You know, intercept the ball, all that stuff. So it's a good signing, but it's a
1: crazy price. Crazy price, yeah. But he's what I don't understand about this signing. Don't get me wrong, I agree with both of you. Is I think it's a brilliant signing, and obviously the price tags. Look, it's it's what a club is going to have to pay to take him away mid-season. But he's a box-to-box midfielder, and we've been talking very much in this podcast that that Chelsea need that creative midfielder. Yeah. Connor, can Enzo Fernandez do both?
0: Um, I think he, he has shown at the World Cup that he is the type of player that can break lines um, yeah, some of his progressive passing in the World Cup was was excellent um, now the only thing I would say about that Oren is he had Alexis McAllister and Messi in front of him mm. who could do more of the <laughs> of creative element um, he doesn't really have that at Chelsea as of yet like we've already said, Mudrick's not the kind of player that's going to get involved and build up and, and create chances for Chelsea, that's just not the type of player that he is um, C.H. <clears throat> so yeah, has been in and out of form It's hard to see him pinned down. Sterling's been in and out of form. Again, Sterling's not really that type of player either, Mm -hmm. so they're still lacking that sort of creative spark, Um, and I think to to place that kind of burden on a 21-year-old who who isn't that profile (laughs) of player is a tough ask. but like again, look, the one thing I'll say about him is he definitely does add quality to, to Chelsea's midfield. The quality that they haven't had um, in a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't really have that high, all-action, high-working midfielder, especially with Kante injured on the sidelines. I think it's a smart signing for the future, definitely, but it wouldn't have been the midfielder that Chelsea needed at this current
1: moment in, in time. Aye, so a creative midfielder is definitely on the agenda for, for Chelsea in the yeah, summer transfer definitely, window. Definitely, um, Well, yes, it moves us on quickly to Jorginho. Jorginho is a, is a Champions League winner with Chelsea and uh, Euros winner with Italy. Um, he came second in the Ballon d'Or in the in the same year. He won both of them competitions, and he's moved from one London side to another to their to their rivals in Arsenal, the league leaders. Um, Dorman, what do you make of this transfer? Look, there hasn't been a great track record of transfers <laughs> when they went from Chelsea to Arsenal. It seems yeah. to be players at the end of their career or the end of the Premier League career at the very least, and it just hasn't always worked out. What do you think about this one, £12 million? This
2: one shocked me, to be honest. It just came out of nowhere. It was like they were linked to him, and then suddenly he basically was signed. That That is good by Arsenal. Their their business is good as in, like if they're linked to a player, I know they missed out on the big signings, but they always have the backup to get in. Uh, a very strange signing. He couldn't, like for Chelsea this season, I thought he was very poor. He did come second in the Ballon d'Or a few years ago, it's it's just to strengthen the squad really. If there's an injury to Party or something, maybe he could fill that role, but it's still, a stern signing to me to be honest.
1: Mm. Well, Richie, they are dealt with injury blows to both Party and now Mohamed Al Neni is also injured. So a midfield signing was definitely a priority for Atata in this window, and you could see that through the pursuit of uh, Moises Caicedo from Brighton. But you have to look at the way this transfer windows really went for Arsenal. All transfer window they were after Mudrick and Moises Cassetto, they've ended up with Trossard and Jorginho. Is that a big downgrade from the signings that they were trying to make?
0: Um, I, I don't know if it's necessarily a downgrade, but it's definitely completely different profiles of players. You know, if you're profiling one player and like your backup needs to be somebody of a similar ilk or at least with a similar skill set, and it seems as though Chelsea's backup options are just completely the opposite type of player to what they were initially going for. Trossard is the complete opposite of Mudrick. Trossard is a get involved in the build up, ball retention player, Mm -hmm. drive at like, well, maybe not drive at men, but clever ways to beat a man and always open for a shot. Mudrick's not that type of player. Caissetto, all action, high energy, top press and midfielder. Jorginho's the complete opposite. Mm -hmm. Jorginho's a slower, slow-the-tempo ball retention player. I personally don't like the signing of Jorginho. Mm -hmm. I don't think he makes Arsenal any better, to be honest. Um, That might be a bit controversial, I don't know. I I don't think Jorginho's that good. I've I've never really rated him as a player. Mm -hmm. Um, I've always just thought he was a sideways passing merchant. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. To, to be
2: no, to I be, to agree with that honest. that's where it came out of nowhere yeah. because Arsenal do fast build up you know parties getting the ball yeah. quickly to guard or Xhaka, That it doesn't really make sense no. to me and the way they've done like that's the thing as well about the age they've just went for more experienced players yeah. that are cheaper mm-hmm. maybe they're thinking we've got a chance of winning the league here we'll get these boys in yeah. instead of Spend the big money yeah. On true, younger players.
0: True. And and like I said, don't get me wrong, they do add value to Premier League experience. And like, you know, Jorginho has been involved in, in winning sides. Um Trossard hasn't, but it, I mean he's in one of the better better teams in the league yeah. anyway. But um I I don't know. I was just a bit shocked by the Jorginho sign I think it's relatively cheap. Um the contract I think is only two years, three years, I so saw mm-hmm. something along those lines, two and a half years maybe. Yeah. Um so it's it's smart as in they've not invested a whole pile of money into this, but I just don't think he suits Arsenal's system. and I, It was just a transfer that sort of baffled me a wee bit. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Well, look, Arsenal's midfield is very, let's say, light at the minute. Um, they've also just let go uh, of Sambi Lokonga; He's away on loan to Crystal Palace, uh, mm-hmm. to Patrick Riera's Crystal Palace. He played in the in the Cup the other day and he didn't play well at all. Yeah, yeah. There was a fair yeah. clip of his captain, Martin Odegaard having a good rant on him yeah. on, on the pitch. Um, but look... Dorman, do you think this is a player it's a it's a good move for both clubs, despite Arsenal kinda needing midfielders at the minute. Do you think it's a good move for both clubs with Lukanga going Lekonga. to experience life under Patrick Vieira? Yeah, it could it could uh
2: rejuvenate his career, to be honest. I thought I seen a bit of the game at half time he came on for party, he got injured, and Arsenal looked a totally different team. They missed party big time, you can yeah. tell. Um Jorginho was probably See, so yeah, I just don't understand the Jorginho signing. But with him, Lukonga, it probably is the best thing to get out of Arsenal because maybe it was a good thing in a way. Not a good thing a Party got injured, but they got to see what Lukonga was like because maybe they wouldn't have made a sign they would have mm-hmm. went right. We'll wait, we'll see. But he was just so poor, and without Party in that team, Arsenal are total, total different outfit. So for Lukonga, there to go. to, we were saying about Palace, like they're very boring team. I don't, I don't know. He has. It's a, a, pro- it's a good sign, and like it's a good. Yeah. It's good to get a young player in that mm. plays for Arsenal obviously, yeah. but experience in the Premier League. Yeah. Is
0: what I like. And, and, and like Vieira, so far has had a good track record with midfielders. Mm-hmm. You know, Connor uh, Connor Gallagher, um, D- uh, this new fella Jude Cor- that's come yeah, in yeah, this season. Good. You know, he looks like a good player. Mm-hmm. Like I, I would have no qualms that um, Vieira will probably make Laconga a better footballer. Mm-hmm. Um. I just don't quite know if Lacan is quite suited to the Premier League. Mm-hmm. To be completely honest, I don't think his particular skill set works in the Premier League. Um, he wasn't great when he signed last year. He was sort of in and out of the team. And again, yeah, this season he's just been totally displaced. Yeah. He is a, he is just an afterthought at Arsenal at the minute. And you know Arsenal invested a lot of money in him. You know, mm-hmm. eighteen million is, is a big price tag um, for for such a young prospect at, at, yeah. at that time. And so far, mission fail. Like they mm-hmm. played
2: him last year a wee bit, and he just he wasn't working out. No, and that's why. The, They knew they needed a a new centre defensive mid. Mm. so
1: It's good signing for him, though. He gets a bit of experience in the Premier League. We'll see if he's up to the standard. Under one of the greatest Premier League midfielders ever. Um, Yeah, so moving on from Arsenal. Well, Arsenal had one more bit of business in in the transfer deadline day yesterday, and it was Cedric Suarez. His loan move to Fulham was finally completed. Fulham had a busy day yesterday. Also signing uh, Sosa Lukic and Shane Duffy from Brighton on a free transfer. Good signings all around, Richie?
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, I really, really like that business from Fulham. Um, I also like the, the business from the other clubs that have let these players go. Um, Lukic, he um, was very good at the World Cup. Um, Torino, not in the best financial situation at the minute. So, um, you know, Fulham were able to nip in there mm-hmm. at a relatively low fee and, and pick up a, a good quality midfielder. I don't think he's going to come in and start for Fulham. I think he is just um, rotation, but a great rotation mm-hmm. option to mm-hmm. have, to, to be completely honest. I always thought, you know, this season, if Paulinho or Reed got injured, Fulham's light in midfield. Mm, yeah. So that's definitely a sign Could in. strengthen that. that that's definitely going to um, strengthen, yeah. Uh, Shane Duffy, again, you know, Tim Ream is is in his latter latter stages of his career. Having somebody like Duffy there, a bit of Premier League experience, not a bad backup option to go mm-hmm. to. And again, Kenny Tets having a fantastic season. Um, and Babu hasn't really hit the ground running. Um, I was actually surprised that maybe he didn't let him go, mm. even on a loan yeah. deal in January. But again, Cedric Suarez. Plenty of uh, plenty of experience in the Premier League has played at the top level. Was part of that excellent Southampton side um, under Pochettino. Uh, has been under Arteta now for a couple of years um, at Arsenal. Understands Premier League football and and honestly, I think those are are really th- three really really good deadline day signings for Fulham.
1: No, I fully agree. Uh, no, Fulham they yeah. needed to recruit um, this season. Dorman didn't they? Yeah. Uh, especially with their league position, which nobody expected know, at the start of the season. They're doing very well, but I and thought, they're not superstars to tell yeah, you the truth. To be fair, against uh, Tottenham, I thought they were very,
2: they looked very tired. Mm. So the squad depth's definitely going to help. And that Lukic deal, eight million, like that's a steal. Mm. I couldn't believe they got him because like, he was starting for Serbia in the World Cup. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Serbia is a decent, decent team, and he he is going to strengthen that team. As you say, it will be hard for him to get in because they're all playing so well. Yeah, and then. Um, Obviously Shane Duffy has been there already. He knows what's happening. He was on loan, wasn't he? And yeah, so he was on loan in the a now. Yeah. yeah. So that's good backup good like, Yeah. I yeah. think I think could maybe you now top
1: eight could be a realistic possibility. Let's hope so. Forced to be reckoned with already this season. Uh, moving on to the other North London club. Uh Tottenham Hotspur had a busy day yesterday, especially in the in the right back department. So um Pedro Porro's deal finally has been completed a forty five million pound transfer from Sporting Lisbon. It looked off, it looked on. It's been a sag the entire transfer window, but Kante has finally got his man at Spurs. Um and his two let's say proteges, uh Jed Spence has left Tottenham. Uh he has left on loan to go to France to get more experience with Rennes, and Matt Doherty has weirdly had his transfer <laughs> Uh, has had his contract torn up by Spurs and he has moved to Atletico Madrid on a six-month loan. Connor, you come from a majority Spurs household. Tell us what the signing of Poro means and even what the loan deal for Jade Spence might mean for the club and obviously Doherty's impact since joining Spurs and what that transfer means now he's gone.
0: Yeah, very busy day in the right-back department Um I think Poro is the perfect man um, for Spurs. I, I really, really like Poro. I, I, we've spoken about him quite a bit now, and I, I can't wait to see him in action for Spurs, to be honest. Mm-hmm. This, this is a top right wing-back, to be honest. Um, this is one of the one of the top wing-backs in, in world football at the minute, so I'm really excited to see him in the Premier League. Um, that thing that we've always said about Spurs struggling to breach the gap between midfield and attack um, and, and get the ball into their forwards is going to be an outlet for that. Yeah. Maybe a bit suspect defensively. That can be worked on. That can be mm. coached. But going forward, um, he's he, he very much reminds me of Alexander Arnold mm. um, going forward. He does have a range of passing that most wingbacks just don't possess. So I'm really, really, really excited um, to see him at Spurs. Jed Spence, um, spent a lot of money on him in the summer. It hasn't worked out. Um, I don't think it's ever going to work out at Tottenham, to be completely honest, for Mm -hmm. for Jed Spence. Um, I think he was very good um, for six months in the Championship. (laughs) And again, I don't know why that warrants such a high fee for a player like that. Um, He's not good enough, to be completely honest. I don't think he's Premier League quality either Mm -hmm. uh, to be completely honest uh, I think that fella's level is is the championship Mm -hmm. Um, and as for Matt Doherty you know it's a really weird situation Um, Doherty was actually starting to play quite well Mm -hmm. and again would have been a great option off the bench for Spurs especially if they were holding on to a lead you could have taken Poro off and slapped Doherty in there who is much better defensively Mm -hmm. than than Pedro Porro is Um, so the fact that this situation has happened where they didn't realise who they were sending out on Mm -hmm. loan, and that they, they maxed out their, their mm-hmm, ease yeah. and had to tear up Doherty's contract is, is quite a silly situation, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And for a club that's supposed to be so well-run and yeah. a well-oiled machine, mm-hmm. they, they really made a boo-boo on that one. Um, <laughs> It's very weird thinking that a guy from Ireland, Matt Doherty, is going to play, he's gonna he's gonna play, gonna play for, for one of um, the biggest clubs, the biggest in, clubs in the world in Atletico Madrid mm-hmm. and play under Diego Simeone. And the worst thing about it is, I say the worst thing it's actually great it's great for him he's probably going to be unreal out there because of that defensive Definitely. style of football yeah. mm-hmm. that, he's going to improve I, I, like it will, it look at Trippier it, for it, example it, it'll not shock me if he comes in and starts straight away like, no, yeah. no. A, exactly. and, and
1: does really really well out there mm-hmm. uh, dormant so Spurs in, in the last week have announced both Pedro Porro and the, the hijacked move of Arnold Denjima Do you Mm -hmm. think, like you've been talking about Spurs in the past few weeks in the podcast, do you think this will really solidify their chances of getting into the top four? I think now they
2: do have a good chance of top four. Um, Poro he has 14 goals and assists combined this season for Sporting Lisbon and we've seen him in the Champions League. He's a very good attacking player. Defensively, maybe not. Although with Spence as well, I thought he was going to be a decent player. Mm -hmm. I just think, I thought he'd be a good attacking player but he just just doesn't fit Conte's system, obviously. Mm -hmm. Obviously what's happening with Conte at the minute too will... Hopefully, be okay and mm-hmm. be back soon. But yeah. um, with Spurs, they done it last year. They got top four. They signed Gulazeski and Ben and they completely rejuvenated their or their top four hopes because it didn't look like that a prayer of getting top four. So they are back in Conte. They're giving him a few players that he he said he needs. And Danjuma, I was I think we spoke about this before too. It's a it's a weird signing, but you know you can't always squad depth. He's a good attacking player. He scores goals. He's creative enough. Um but I still think I think Spurs now will get top four.
1: No, I agree. Uh, they definitely have a better chance with, yeah. with this quality of player coming in. Uh moving on then, we have there was an injury to Manchester United uh in the game against Reading, um a former Spurs Starlet, um now playing for Manchester United, was injured by a buffoon <laughs> in Andy Carroll. Um. So Christian Eriksen, he, he's been confirmed to be out for at least three months. Looks like he, he could be out until the start of May, Richie. Um. And he's been replaced now with Bayern Munich midfielder and Austrian midfielder Marcel Sibitzer on loan. A deadline day deal that nobody probably saw happening. Eriksen Haag, about 10 minutes before the news broke that United were going after Sibitzer, said in his press conference that he doesn't think any more business will be done. But it's over the line. It's done. Sibitzer is now... Uh, a red um he's a red devil what do you think of this transfer
0: really excited um to be completely honest really 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 excited um we were driving out of uni there yesterday obviously and the, the news of Erks kind of had just broke uh, maybe a couple of hours before that and it was the first time we got a chance to look at our phones and and see the news and um to be honest it, it really made me quite nervous because i thought that's our top four <coughs> hopes kind of really really dented um Ericsson has been absolutely quality for us this season and and to replace those assists was always going to be difficult. But, you know, in terms of a last-minute sort of panic loan deal, I don't think United could have done much better here. Mm -hmm. Um, Taking aside last season, because he was poor last season, Sibitzer has been one of, again, one of the most looked-at midfielders um, in in European football. Um, He was excellent at RB Leipzig. He was excellent at RB Salzburg. He has progressed his career... in in a very strange way you know he started as a sort of a centre forward Mm -hmm. then he dropped back to a 10 then he became an 8 he sometimes plays as a Mm 6 now he can play on the right wing he can play on the left wing he's a very versatile player but his his best years came as an 8 um and, and as an eight, he was known for his dead ball ability. Um, a very comfortable player with, with two feet. Um, his, his left foot's just as good as his right foot. Um, not necessarily known as a, a dribbler, but I don't think Erickson is either. I think the two profiles match up quite well. Yeah. Uh, I think is just a bit more physical mm-hmm. um, and is going to add a bit more muscle in the Man United's midfield. But listen, on a six-month loan deal, and, if, and with, with the possibility of it working out, you, know, you could get him on the cheap in the summer because mm-hmm. he is 29 years of age. I, I really like this signing. Um, I always really liked um, Subitzer, mm-hmm. especially these last few years. I really enjoyed watching RB Leipzig in and, and, and the Champions League. And it, like Even when they tore us apart, uh, Subitzer was a joy to watch. I remember mm-hmm. the ball yeah. he played for um, Angelino mm-hmm. in the first yeah. two minutes of the game against United a few years ago. That's the type of thing this guy can do. It hasn't quite worked out at Bayern for mm-hmm. him, which is surprising because it's Nagelsmann. Mm. And he worked That his best years Came under Nagelsmann At Leipzig So it's strange That it hasn't worked But I have faith In my manager I have faith That the coaching Is going to be good And, and I, have, I have a real feeling That Sabitzer's going to come in And, and be, a, be a fantastic addition To
1: mm-hmm. to our squad well, Dorman There's been a lot of Question marks about this Let's be real It is a panic sign We probably wouldn't Have signed midfielder If Christian Eriksen Had him to get injured no, yep. um, So there's been A lot of questions From pundits uh, And and other Football creators And stuff Um but this is a fella who, he hasn't played as much football as he would have liked. But he is behind probably one of the best midfields in the world, in uh, Goretzka and Kimmich. Yeah. Um, so he was never going to get that game time that he, he probably desired. Mm-hmm. But as Connor said, his physicality is what sets him apart from Eriksen, because they are very much a like-for-like yeah. player. He's in the top 8% for tackles per 90 and he's in the top three percent for tackles in the opposition third per night day in the top five leagues. Out of any player in the top five leagues, what do you think Sabitzer's gonna to bring to Ericton Hag's team? And is he a level above our replacement midfielders in the likes of Fred and Scott McTominay?
2: Yeah, definitely, definitely above them. Um he's gonna bring more energy and as you said, he's he is a better tackler. I thought against like teams like Arsenal, I thought Ericsson's been brilliant this season, top assister one of the top sisters in the league, top sister for United, but I felt against Arsenal, we were kind of missing that, but you know, like somebody who could win the ball back, tackling, because yeah, like we were just getting overrun, yeah. and Eriksen doesn't bring that defensive mm-hmm. work rate, you know, uh, obviously he's not a dribbler, um, but we don't really need him for that, no. we, just need, we just need a bit of a creative midfielder, which he can be as well, he scores goals as well, I think it's a, I did, I thought when I seen Eriksen's injury, I was like, top four, would be in huge jeopardy. In jeopardy, but with this signing, with the limited time, United have done well here. I think this is this is a good signing, and I think he is a top player. He played for Derby for really seven is, yeah. years. He was one of the best players in the Bundesliga mm-hmm. for that period of time. Against United in the Champions League, he destroyed us. We when we got beat, we got put out Derby. Yeah, yeah. Um, he, so he, he killed us. Mm-hmm. I think. I think it is a bit of a panic sign. It seemed like Paul Merson was like, "Oh, he can't get on for Bayern." Mm-hmm. That means he's a. Ba- How's that making a bad player? Exactly. I just don't understand that. Um, and what? we got—he's going to be coming into a top manager as well. Exactly, he's going to improve him even further. He's got that experience as well. He plays Bundesliga is a top two or three league in Europe. Um, he's made I'm, twenty-four I'm, appearances for yeah. Bayern this season too. I'm excited. I'm excited to see what he'll bring to Man United, and I think he's definitely better than Fred and McTominay. No offense to them players, but he just—he's just a class above.
0: Yeah, and again, I, I just touching on what Connor said there. uh oh, what you—you you can't start in front of Goretzka and Kimmich. Mm-hmm. So does that make you a bad player? Mm -hmm. I couldn't start ahead of Kimmich and and Goretzka. I I mean, there's many midfielders Mm -hmm. out there. There's so many professional footballers out there that wouldn't start ahead of Kimmich or Goretzka. So if if he's still good enough to play for Bayern and come off the bench, Mm -hmm. so that's telling you what he's at, just just a step below those guys. Mm -hmm. So does that make him a bad player? That comment from Paul Merson was absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous.
2: Bayern bought him as well, so that means he is a top player. They just don't pick out... Donkeys like they've exactly. like out good quality players. They buy
0: they buy the best in that league. Mm-hmm. So, e- so yeah. if they bought yeah. him, he he's is one of the best. And from you said that league. he's played
2: twenty four times this season. It's yeah. not like he's just not I, getting any game time, we, mm-hmm. away. So Paul Merson's comment is just. Yeah, I think it's just per ponder, yeah. to be honest. Was, he doesn't.
1: He obviously doesn't watch any football. Yeah. Yeah. that way. no, I fully agree. Um, just talking about that RB Leipzig and United game. Um, whenever he was at Old Trafford. Uh, it's it's just resurged now in the past day since he signed for Manchester United. He he told the uh, the media how playing at the Theatre of Dreams has been his dream since he was a child. Um, he says, and one day he hopes to play there again. Now, he's a Manchester United player. What does that team spirit mean? especially to this Erickton Hag Manchester United team Richie? Um, I think it's good
0: that there are so many players actively looking to play for the club again which is always a nice thing to see. Absolutely. It, it means he must be doing something right. Yeah, um, yeah look listen guys who are passionate about, about the shirt and passionate about the football club you, you obviously want to have them have them around. It does build that sort of culture. Um, the only thing is the performances need to match that um, sort of ambition and that love. Um, like, It's all well and good saying you love playing for the club you love representing uh, the badge on your shirt but if you're shite on the pitch <laughs> mm-hmm. I'd rather have somebody that doesn't give that much of a fuck but is a great footballer yeah, do you know yeah, what yeah. I mean um, yeah look it's great to have guys come out and, and make comments like this um, it, it does make me happy um, as a Manchester United fan definitely um, and I do think he's going to be a good, a good addition because he is a quality player and listen if he performs for six months there's no reason why Money United couldn't go out and buy him in the summer, mm-hmm. and like I completely agree with Connor. Even if United didn't sign a world-class midfielder in in the summer, to have the option of playing arcs and against sides where you can be a wee bit more expressive, mm, yeah. but then in the bigger games you can go to Sabitzer yeah. because he gives you that grit in midfield it's not a bad two options That's to be absolutely rotating not. between. Absolutely. And he's
2: a, he is an upgrade on Fred, let's be honest. Yeah, he is better. Uh, completely. And, and, and it's about five upgrades on Scott McTominay. Yeah. So. <laughs> but he wants to come to United. There's a bit of positivity around United yes. again. We're getting results. The manager is just improving us greatly. Like he said, he wants to play under Ten Hag. Yeah. So, bodes well for the future. I'm just, happy.
0: I'm just really, really happy at the minute. Like United's playing in the League Cup semi-final tonight. And mm-hmm. I, I, like for, for the first time in a long time, I'm actively excited to watch yeah. Man United again because I always think yeah, we could pump that team tonight. Mm-hmm. To be honest, yeah, and better football, yeah, more exciting football, yeah. Like it's just, it's it's a good time to be a Monday night of fun again, and Absolutely. let's just hope this trend keeps going and yeah. the up and up.
1: Absolutely, it's it's a long time coming for us fellas. Um, another major major transfer that was confirmed yesterday. The news broke a couple of days ago, but it was confirmed yesterday. Arguably, the best left back and best right back in world football has left Manchester City after a, a short spell of. Perform and obviously after the World Cup he found it hard to get back into Pep Guardiola's side but still undoubtedly a world world class talent Dorman, Jay Concello has moved to Bayern Munich Wow I know, it, I came out of nowhere, I think you wow.
2: said it when we were just coming out of class mm-hmm. and I was like, wow, because he's been such a top player in the Premier League for the last, since he's came into the Premier League from Juventus um, I was just shocked to be honest he's obviously going to top club in Bayern Munich there's been a fall out because he hasn't started a game. Mm-hmm. And obviously City have that. They have so many players of squad that They can just go, okay then, you don't want to be here. We'll let you go. Mm-hmm. But um, it's a crazy signing.
1: Crazy. Absolutely yeah. crazy. It seemed to come out of nowhere as well. Um, look, obviously there must have been a wee bit of a fall out with Pep. He says there hasn't been. But Connor, this signing we were probably going into this season one of the favourites for the Champions League as they always are. Mm-hmm. Surely this signing just enhances that notion.
0: Um, yeah, yeah, it's it's a it's a crazy, crazy signing to be honest. Um, I I, <laughs> I can't even get <laughs> the word out. Here. Um, I don't. I'm not that shocked about the signing though. I know it's done the rounds on social media and everybody's kind of been like, "Where the hell did that come from?" Mm. I, I, I'm not that shocked to be honest. Um, over the past few months, and especially over the World Cup, Cancelo hasn't been great, um, and mm-hmm. he, he couldn't buy minutes for City. And I hadn't, I, I hadn't seen City a whole pile since after the World Cup. And the first time I, I got to really sit down and watch them, other than just watching highlights, mm-hmm. was uh, was against Man United. Mm-hmm. And I thought Cancelo was their worst player that day. Between mm-hmm. it, toss up yeah. between him and Foden. To be completely honest, mm-hmm. I, I thought they were the two of them were exceptionally poor. And, you know, I you've watched Cancelo in the Premier League for the last few years and, and he is just so good at everything. He's so good defensively. His ball carries nice. are excellent. His passing range yeah. is ridiculous. He's made the Travella famous. Mm-hmm. Like, he is a world, world-class fullback. But there's a reason City are sitting second and there's been a number of guys this year who just haven't turned up for City mm-hmm. and he's probably prime culprit number one. Mm. Um so I'm not that shocked by the signing, to tell you the truth. And if he was going to go anywhere, it was going to have to be one of the other biggest clubs in the world. Mm-hmm. And there's no bigger club in Germany than Bayern Munich. So signing completely makes sense. Um, they are weak in those fullback areas, so he's going to come in and, and play yeah. immediately. Um, and he does make them better. Um, he, he, I think he is the type of player that Nagelsmann can can work with. Um, he, his fullbacks sort of have a similar profile. Uh, you know, you look at the likes of Musa. Similar profile Mm -hmm. to to Cancelo, so I think he's going to come in and and be an instant success there. There's a 70 million uh, pound buy option, I don't know whether it's pound or euro, sorry, Mm -hmm. but uh, there is a 70 million buy option on that deal. And to be honest, I don't don't see him playing for Man City again. No. No,
1: I totally agree, totally agree. Um, so moving on from a club that hasn't won the Champions League in Manchester City to a club that has won the Champions League in Nottingham Forest, they have signed. Arguably one of the top 10 goalkeepers in world football. And over the past 10 years has probably been one of the best goalkeepers in world football. An absolutely phenomenal signing on loan from Paris Saint-Germain. Keylor Navas is now in the Premier League. What is going on with that signing? And Dorman, there's going to be an 88-rated goalkeeper for not enforcing (laughs) (laughs) keeper.
2: This could... See of them this season I said yesterday they get relegated but now starting to think things over um, world class keeper obviously mm-hmm. a bit older they needed it as well like I've seen Forrest a few times against United Wayne Hennessy is not up to Premier League standard no. so this is a great signing a leader he wanted to go there as well which just shows the pull that Forrest has the Premier League is the biggest league in the world yeah. But um,
1: and Forrest is one of the biggest clubs yeah in the world. one of the
2: biggest clubs in yeah got the history mm-hmm. um, it's a great signing and it could actually this could be this could be the saving of force this season from relegation. Because they're in good form now and they could just push on.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And look, they've signed all these players in the summer and whatever, but I think the transfer business in January has been particularly good. Yeah. And yesterday they made three signings on deadline day. Three quality quality signings in my opinion as well. So Richie Obviously with Kaylor Navas, I want you to talk a bit about him. But they also signed Jonjo Selvey from uh, John Joe Shelby, sorry, from Newcastle, who I think is a super, superb signing Premier League experience. And they also signed Felipe, the Brazilian defender from Atletico Madrid. As Dorman says, the pull of Nottingham Forest really is there. A club with history. And a lot of players do just want to play in the Premier League. But surely this only enhances their chances of staying up in the Premier League.
0: Completely completely um, the first thing I'll say about Kaylor Navis is I love this signing uh, because Dean Henderson was given at the big at the start of the indeed. season I'm, I'm fucking glad that yeah. he's gone back to being a bench goalkeeper mm-hmm. so good enough for you you prick <laughs> 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 hope you're enjoying the pod Dean <laughs> no I hope you're not I hate him lot <laughs> he's a bang average goalkeeper and he is a bench goalkeeper and he fucking deserves it so <laughs> yeah. screw he's a big, him he's a big
1: talker for someone who does yeah, not really exactly. much he's so. absolutely agree. useless, useless. Well, I, I actually read just before we came into the studio here, uh, it was it was Samuel Lackhurst uh, reported that he said that Ten Hag whenever uh, whenever who left us? Oh uh whenever Newcastle. Dubrovka, Dubrovka, left Dubrovka left us yeah. uh, to go back to Newcastle uh, apparently he FaceTimed Dane Henderson and Dane Henderson said uh, no chance of my going back to United to sit on the bench. Uh, I want to see out the season at Not in forest while well, I'm a first teamer. So that worked out for him. Lol. Yeah. <laughs> Hateful bastard. But. but anyway, Richard. Yeah. moving on from the Sorry, Dean apologies. Anderson. I do come in hot
0: sometimes, like, but I, <laughs> I, 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 I just have a dislike for Dean Henderson. Well, let's get honest. the
1: negatives out of the way. Yeah. We've talked about Dean Henderson. Mm. He's gone. Mm. He's out of the situation. Keller Navas, one of the best goalkeepers in the world. The Completely. same for Forrest. Mm-hmm. Felipe, who is arguably been one of the most consistent defenders in Europe over the past ten years, uh, and John Joe Shelby, who is a stalwart in the Premier League.
0: It's crazy that in Nottingham Forest's first six months in the, in the Premier League, we're talking about adding Champions League experience mm-hmm. to the squad, which is mental. Again, Felipe, he's a player that's been there and done it. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe not having his best season this season, mm-hmm. and he is coming towards the back end of it, end of his career. But I mean, in terms of marquee signings, like you know, getting and Felipe in the same day is. Absolutely phenomenal for a side like Nottingham Forest. Um, These guys are only going to enhance the team. They definitely bring them up in terms of a quality level that we just haven't seen from Forest yet. So uh, two excellent sign-ins there. And John Joe Shelby. Listen, this is a guy that's been in and around relegation scraps. This is a guy that's had to fight and work hard for everything that he has. I really, really like John Joe um, Shelby. Always liked him as a midfielder. Mm-hmm. Maybe not maybe not the Rolls-Royce midfielder. Maybe not the flashiest. but He'll do a job for you. He'll yeah. absolutely do a job yeah. for you. And the fact you know that he, he wasn't really getting much game time at Newcastle. They've just come in, pipped it, got this signing, got him in. Great, great, great transfer business from Nottingham Forest. But they're in they're
2: improving in key positions as
1: well. Exactly. Goalkeeper, centre half, midfield. Midfield. Yeah. Would they need to improve? And-, and he's an absolute demon with a long range ball. Absolutely, yeah. absolute demon. Yeah, brilliant day, uh, brilliant move, brilliant moves for Forest. Um, and moving on, we've got Southampton who have spent big on deadline day. Yeah, they have. Um, they have. They've spent twenty five million on uh, Suleimani, uh Some name for the commentators. <laughs> Um, I spent big on him from Rennes, uh, a Pacey Ghanaian winger. Um, I remember him being linked to the likes of Manchester United when he was still playing in the Norwegian League. Um, and also Onocho, the Nigerian striker from the Belgian League for £18 million. Uh, he's, he's a good one for an informer in FIFA he's, he's always scoring a lot of goals <laughs> in the Belgian League absolutely well, Richie tell me what these signings mean for the likes of Southampton who are really in a relegation scrap
0: look I don't know a whole pile about them I'll just come out and say that, of that off off the bat I've not seen a whole pile of them um, while I was doing my research here for today's podcast I, I watched a couple of highlight videos and um, uh, the guy, Suleimana seems to be just an absolute pace demon. Um, very direct, looks to take his man on. I think that's the type of player that, that Southampton needs. Somebody's going to grip the game by the balls and try and drag them through it. And he, He's that type of player. He, he's very unselfish, very creative type of player. Again, if you have Orsic on one, one wing, who's a goal threat, mm. but a creator in Suleimana on the other, definitely bodes well for them. Mm. Definitely, again, just improves the squad.
1: Um, and sorry, how, how do you pronounce the second fella's name? I can't tell you exactly, but I'm pretty sure it's a or something, or yeah,
0: Look, he has consistently scored goals, uh, and and it's like you said, he is good for an informant in FIFA. <laughs> yeah. The man always gets up to about 85 overall yeah, every easily. year, just in <laughs> just in informs. Yeah. Um, so there's obviously some sort of talent there, yeah. you know. Um, I see already this season he has what this six, 16, 16 goals, goals or yeah, something, yeah. like scored twice at the weekend, like. You know that's that's what Southampton needs. It's gonna knife for goal exactly. Somebody's gonna put the ball in in the back of the net because, like, let's be real. Like che Adams is
2: but he's our top bad scorer bad. with four goals this season, or yeah, and he's missed a serious amount of chances. chances. Like, like, scored last night though. He, yeah, <laughs> right, fair, fair, like enough. <laughs> fair enough, But he is a championship striker. Yes, he
0: uh, is. Realistically, you know, yeah. he's not he's not good enough to play in the Premier League. Um, and this guy hopefully he comes in and and can bang in a few goals for them and you know if these guys click who knows who knows maybe maybe Southampton can be kept up but um unfortunately you know I I predict well we all had them in our prediction to to go down and you know it's it's a shame I like Southampton as a club I I really really do um and I like Nathan Jones as a manager but Mm -hmm. I just
1: fear that it's too little too late. Mm. Dorman well personally I like this business and Obviously, I'd forgot about Miroslav Orsic, and I really like Orsic, uh, But I, I had forgot about that transfer to Southampton. They seem to have revamped their attacking lineup completely, yeah. which obviously they needed because they weren't big scoring team. a lot of goals. Um, it's a big investment. Don't get me wrong; it's a big investment. But these players surely have something about them to warrant these price tags. We do apologise that we can't pronounce their names <laughs> I properly. Can't like, try <laughs> Anocho coming Anucho. in obviously he scored yeah. two goals there at, at the, the weekend, weekend yeah. he's got 16 goals in the league does it give them any chance in this relegation scrap? They're trying
2: at least they're, I think every team's trying now that there is a chance of staying up this season um, Shea Adams isn't good enough the players like obviously this new guy is going to be a winger the players like Theo Walcott El see, they're just not Premier League yeah. standard players they need that improvement they're giving it a go obviously some in the past have had good recruitment so I'd say that this would give them a chance. I do think they'll still go down because they're lacking in quality elsewhere. like Their centre-halves aren't good enough and stuff like that. But um, if they're going to have any chance, they needed a striker, they needed a winger. They got it. And um, We'll just have to wait and see. Though obviously, that guy scored 16 goals this season. As we said, he scored, he gets in forms flat out. So he, must, he probably is a decent player, mm-hmm. but he's going to have to hit the ground rolling. Why didn't they do this at the start of the transfer mm-hmm. window? That's that what I always yeah. think, you know. Yeah. It is probably a bit of panic there. The realise Shea Adams isn't good enough, really. They don't really have a another striker in the mm-hmm. squad. But they're giving it a go, but I think it's too late. Mm.
1: It's a shame. It's a too shame because Southampton do have good quality yeah. players. They've got the likes of that Belacocha up and the Vesalosu at the back. Even Coleta Cior is, yeah. is, is a good uh, uh, centre-back. Center centre And then they've got, obviously, the midfielders in terms of James Ward-Prowse. And now they've revamped their yeah. entire attacking lineup, So they do really have a chance. It's just whether Nathan can Nathan Jones can bring out the best of them in the league, like he has done in the cup. I think we said route. this as
2: well at the start of the year. A lot of their signings, just young. There was yeah. there's not that experience in the team that they're yeah. missing, and I think that and is. Walker Peters, great right back too.
1: Yeah, just to mention. a lot
2: of young players like the goalkeepers, young. All them centre halves you've mentioned, yeah. they're all too, They're very young. There's no real like experience. No experience. Price is really, and they're only player. Yeah. 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 They're, they're they're all young.
0: All they're they're all young players. That but. It's like we said on on yesterday's um, mid-season review, so if you haven't watched it already, please check out part one and part two of of our mid-season review. But like we said on Southampton, their transfer policy was strange in the sense that they signed very young when realistically, if they had to mix the young with players who were ready to come in and play in the Premier League now, Mm -hmm. you could have looked at it and went, "Okay, I understand that. But the signing of like you know six or seven youngsters who had only played Premier League 2 football Mm, as opposed to real top-flight football... It was always going to be a struggle this season. Look, it's like I said, I like Southampton as a club. I like Nathan Jones. And I do like some of their players. And I don't think they're the worst squad in the Premier League by any means. Oh, definitely not. I do, think, the there's, I do think there's worse teams than them. And I think these transfers, these 2 signings alongside Orsic, have definitely made them stronger. Mm-hmm. And who knows? Who knows? But but I, I do I do just fear that it is maybe just too little,
1: too little. Uh, it'll be job. interesting to see coming the end of the season. And look, if they do go down to the Championship... It'll be hard to keep a hold of a lot of their assets mm-hmm. um, but mm-hmm. they would definitely be one of the strongest squads in, in the championship. Um, moving on, we've got Leicester City. They had a, a busy day yesterday as well. Um, so they had two outgoings in Jose Perez and Mark Albrighton. Both of them were six months left on their contract and they've both left. Perez has went to Real Betis and Albrighton to West Brom. But they've also brought in Harry sutor the, the Australian centre-back, played brilliant in the World Cup it for £17 million. Surely, it's not enough, Richie, to keep them in the Premier League?
0: It's, um, look, they've, they've got rid of two attacking players and brought in a defender. Um, strange strange business, to be honest. Um, I think they've overpaid uh, for Sudar. I think he is a very good defender, showed in the World Cup that he, he can mix it up with some of the world's best, but... You know, again, like we're we're trying to justify paying big money for players who have had a, a good performance in a World Cup. You know, how many players have had good performances in the World Cup and then turn out to be shade? Mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um Stoke have done the better out of this deal, I think. Um They've
1: replaced him with Axel Towns Abbey from Manchester United. Manchester United, United, United
0: yes. You know, they're getting a quality defender there if he can stiff it. Mm-hmm. Um and you know, at the end of the day they've managed to get seventeen million for a player that they, at the start of the season they probably thought was maybe worth yeah, there was no real a few, talk. A few mm-hmm. million.
2: There was no real talk about him until the World until Cup, the no, World where Cup. he did perform well, but it's yeah, you know. hard to see. Um,
0: yeah, and again, it's one of those transfers. It's, it's a big risk for Leicester. Um, yeah. There's no guarantees this guy's going to come in and be any good for them, so uh, I don't really have much more to say. Yeah. Leicester's in
2: thin ice, Storm. They definitely needed a centre-half, though. That was the thing. I think they're playing Amarte, is it? Or no, yeah. yeah, Daniel He's Amarte. He's playing centre-half. Centre Johnny Evans, obviously, been injured a lot, has hurt them. They probably needed a new goalkeeper, too, to be honest, but I think it was the FF or F whatever, FFB. It's yeah. there and they can't really make many signings. No, they're in a dire so situation. They probably might we need one position, we'll just take a centre half. And yeah. as Richie said, they're like, they've got rid of attacking threat and they're, they're very thin up top anyway, as it That's is. Brighton got on the other day. Like he, scored. Was, he scored the other a few yeah. weeks ago. So it's crazy that it just, they just, just got just rid of him <laughs> on loan to just like, All right, West Brom.
1: <laughs> oh, look, it's, it's, it's an odd transfer and 17 million, it's, it seems an overspend, yeah. but... I suppose on deadline day you just have to do what You're you have to do to get them in. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. Um so I have two more Premier League transfers that I want to talk about before I just wanna quickly brief on, on some interesting transfers. So Wes McKinney has went to Leeds. Connor I'm gonna take your opinion from Leeds and then obviously we've got Ayari, the young Swedish uh young Swedish midfielder who's going to Brighton. We obviously haven't watched a lot of him but no. there was all the talk about Moses Cassetto so I'm gonna to come to you about that Dorman. okay so first, Richie Weston McKinney, played for Juventus, played for Schalke, he's played at the top, and now he's away to Leeds for a relegation scrap with his, his compatriot, his, his US compatriot, Jesse March. What do you think about this transfer?
0: Um, Again, you know, I, I said it on our mid-season review, to me personally, I think Leeds are going to go down. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think their squad's good enough, to be completely honest. And Weston McKinney is a competent footballer. He, he's a decent player. You know, you don't play for Juventus for nothing. Um, you don't make the amount of appearances he made for Juventus for nothing, mm-hmm. even if it is a wilter in Juventus' side. Um, I do think he's a decent player, but, I mean, is he going to be the guy that you know, manages to turn Leeds season around and, and, and get them out of a relegation battle. I don't think so. Um I don't think Leeds' business has been particularly um impressive, to be completely honest. The brought in uh Ryder as well, the the striker from Hoffenheim, um, who's been likened to Roberto Firmino, which is just lazy journalism if you ask me, mm-hmm. because Firmino used to play for Hoffenheim. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, again the brought in writer spending a lot of money on, on a guy who hasn't really put up big numbers as of yet. Um don't really like the business to be honest, and I just don't see it with Leeds to be honest, Orrin. Mm. I, I don't get the hype. I think Jesse Marsh is a poor manager, and mm-hmm. I think Leeds will go down this year to be honest.
1: Look, it's, it's definitely a possibility. Um, They're in a relegation scrap for a reason, and one midfield signing's not going to do the best there. Um, But yeah, moving on from one midfield signing to another. So, uh, Yassine Ayari, um, the the Swedish midfielder, has moved to Brighton and Hove Albion for a 5, five million. He's played 24 games this season in the Swedish League with four goals and one assist. Mm-hmm. Look, let's not get ourselves, we, we haven't watched this young fellow, but no. Brighton's transfer business is always spot on. And do you think he could be the new Moses Cassetto should he leave in the summer?
2: Um, Obviously I haven't seen much of him but what I've read about him, he is a versatile player, technical player um, and with Brighton's uh, recruitment recently, it's just been superb so under a good manager as well I can't see him not with Foreman well I've seen the manager come out and said they're going to have to give him time he's a young player he's played twice for Sweden mm-hmm. and he's only 19 and he's played over 50 times I think for AIK mm-hmm. so he could be a replacement for Casado because we know he's going to be gone in the summer he's going to go no matter what happens Um and they'll probably have money to recruit even further Uh but to send a young player with their track record uh, uh, there's no doubt in maybe a year or two Time
1: probably for the future on the he could million be transfer. A, he could be <laughs> 18, 90 million as well. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. Look, we always commend Brighton's business and, and their ability to to replace players that they do sell their, their highest assets. Um, yeah, it was it was a busy day for Premier League clubs in the in the deadline day uh, and in the window in general. Obviously, Chelsea spending the majority of that. A couple of other transfers that I just want a quick opinion on. So Flo Tovan, World Cup winner, has moved to Udinese on a free transfer uh, from Mexico, and then Thorgan Hazard and Van Anholt have both went to PSV, obviously PSV have lost Madueke and Gakpo. Are they good replacements? Obviously Van Anholt's not an attacker so much as he is an attacking fullback, but are they good replacements, Richie?
0: Yeah I I think so I think so I think the Thorgan Hazard one really sort of caught, last night, <laughs> caught it, me yeah. off guard um, definitely a good signing uh, again I like Van Aan the too I think he was very good at his time at Crystal Palace in the Premier League don't think he, he it's really worked out for him at Tassari, but you know he's got heading back to his native country so I don't see why, why it wouldn't be a success to be honest so yeah good business from PSV and <laughs> on on Florian Tovan as well, just <laughs> madness, yes, madness. I didn't even realize he was playing out in Mexico. Yeah, I completely forgot about him. To be yeah. honest, yeah.
1: he went to Mexico after having that great World Cup where yeah. France won the World Cup. He went to Mexico in that window. Okay, yeah.
0: I thought he was just one of those
2: players that sort of drifted Yeah, out. he was. In, yeah. He was at Newcastle on stage too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah no, But the Hazard one surprised me too cause crazy. I, was,
1: I thought he would be good enough to. I thought he would starting, starting for in the for starting team. Yeah. Must have been why they were looking at the Swedish Superstore, Lange. from yeah, that's United. Who, knows? <laughs> who knows? Who knows? Who didn't end up leaving United? <sighs> you know. well, unfortunately. The less said about that, the better, I suppose. Um, Connor, do you want to sign us off? Yeah, 100%. Uh, listen, folks, thank you so much. Um,
0: that's going to be it for our transfer coverage, at least until the summertime. Um, going to have some interesting news to share with you in in the next couple of weeks, but uh, we're going to wait till that's all wrapped up before we share that with you, so make sure and keep an an ear to the ground for that one Um, if you know us personally you probably already know this news (laughs) to be fair Um, but we're absolutely buzzing to announce it but like I said we're just hanging off until everything's official Mm -hmm. before we announce it Um, once again thank you so much just for all all the support on our recent videos Um, the views are Views are sitting steady at the minute, and and we're 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 happy with where we're moving. And the TikTok has managed to blow up, mm-hmm. um, which is a couple of thousand views already. A couple of thousand views already, only on on, on four videos. So we are just <laughs> completely overwhelmed with mm-hmm. the the coverage that we're managing to get. So thank you so much for all that. There, please follow us on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter. That is at Bottom Bins Pod. As always, you can find us on the Parlay Sports app, that's P-R-L-Y Sports, in the Apple App Store. Come on and join us for a footballing conversation. We have part one and part two of our mid-season review already out, so if you haven't listened to those yet please head on over to wherever you get your podcasts and give it a listen. That's three hours of, of really, really good in-depth mm-hmm. analysis um, content on the teams within the Premier League so far. Um, spoiler, if you're a Liverpool and Chelsea fan, you mightn't be happy with what I have to say particularly. <laughs> um, but it's all a bit of banter at the end of the day. But yeah. yes, listen, thank you so much for all the support. Keep listening. And as always, keep it bottom bins. Keep it bottom keep it bins. It bottom
2: bins.